And joining the show now for our pro football scope is Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature. Barry, always looking forward to our conversations on Thursday. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It seems like uh, just a few days ago we saw Jalen Hurts of the Eagles and Debo Samuel of the 49ers, Logan Wilson of Cincinnati, and Kadarius Toney of the Chiefs playing the Senior Bowl. And now uh, the Senior Bowl will be February the 4th over in Mobile. And one of these four that played in the Senior Bowl is going to be wearing a, a Super Bowl ring before uh, before next year. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And this is the thing, too, that, that's always interesting. A lot of the conversation is it's not necessarily where you get picked, but, but it's where you go and who you're selected by. And that, that is the case for these guys in some way, shape, or form. For Kadarius Tony, of course, going to the Giants and then coming to the Chiefs. So Logan Wilson, you and I uh, have talked about him a little bit um, over the course of our conversations about just him making plays and these guys, Barry, I know that have. I know that we we've talked about the Senior Bowl a little bit too, but I mean Logan Wilson goes in the third round, and this guy's one of the best linebackers in all of football. And you're going to see these people, just like Logan and Kadarius and others that, uh, that you just mentioned, Jalen Hurts, who are playing in this year's Senior Bowl. There's always high level talent that is in Mobile um, come, come come February. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tennessee's quarterback's going to be there, so that's. You know he's 25 years old, and uh, but he's a running quarterback. Uh, Kentucky's quarterback's going to be there, and so it's going to be a sight to see. Uh, yeah, it, it most definitely is. Uh, let's get to the AFC and NFC title games. While the Senior Bowl, of course, is great. Uh, I mean, we got two big games coming up on Sunday. Um, Barry, I think you and I are, are are under the impersonation and under the impression that um, the Two teams in the Super Bowl are going to be the same. We'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. But evaluating the divisional round two, where how we got to this point, if you will. Chiefs win a game against the Jags where Mahomes has that high ankle sprain. Um, maybe a little bit of a concern, but I think over the course of the week, he and there's been fo- some footage that that's come out on social media. He seems to be okay. And then you add the adrenaline in and, and all of that stuff. I think he may be a little bit banged up, maybe 85 or 90% but still good enough to certainly give it a go and be able to do some of the things he normally does. Yeah, it seems like Mahomes, his first practice was probably better than anyone expected, but I don't believe that there's any zero chance that he's not playing. Yeah, um, if right. They, if, they, if they numb it up and if they, they kind of isolate the injury itself and tape it up, I mean, if he could – if he played the way he played in the in the game that uh, last week against, and so and uh, I just think that there's no way that he's not going to play. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, in in the game this big, there's nobody who's not unless you. For there were some people on ESPN actually who had said, "Well, uh, I mean, he's going to play unless he suffers a setback." It's like, well, yeah, but I, I don't even know why we're thinking about that because there won't be any setback. They're going to make sure that he's as good to go as possible. And as you said, I think they give him a some sort of a shot or they, you know, they numb it up a little bit and he'll be good to go. Uh, the Bengals, as surprising a win, I think, as I've ever seen with the Bengals because it, it always seems like whenever they're in prime time, you, you go back to last postseason, every single game was close. One possession game against the Raiders. Field goal won the game against both the Titans and uh, the the uh, Chiefs, and then you go to the Super Bowl. It's a three point game as well. For that game to be as dominant as it was for the Bengals, I, I was 
so remarkably happy, obviously, but I was also very surprised. I mean, you could hear the Hootay chants through the TV. You could, absolutely. You know, Cincinnati's defending AFC champion, but yet they always seem to be the underdog for one for whatever reason. They just keep proving everybody wrong. Um, they're headed on the road uh, to face the Chiefs, but they ha- absolutely own the Chiefs. They played this year, and Cincinnati uh, won – 27 to 24 at home, but it doesn't matter if you're playing at Kansas City or at Cincinnati. The Bengals just seem to have Holmes' number, um, and um, they're going to be one of the last four teams left this year. You know, in that Buffalo game, Cincinnati led 14 to nothing early, and really, even though the elements were trying to fight against them, they main, uh, maintained control throughout. Uh, it was the yeah. start that was real similar to the Week 17 game between the two teams, um, but the game was that that was the game that was eventually canceled. That um, that Cincinnati came out hot, was went, uh, leading seven to three. That was the Demar Hamlin game. Um, but that first meeting, I think, Drew gave Cincinnati confidence that yeah. it could put put a ding into the league's contingency plans and probably one of the best offenses in the game. Yeah, I mean, that game was so, so good. Uh, then on the flip side, the Eagles and the Giants, not really much of a surprise that the Eagles won the game. I I, I know that they were they were favored by a lot. I, to me, I did not expect them to to just destroy the Giants like, like they did. Were you a little bit surprised by that 38-7 to scoreline? Um, I was surprised that it was 38 to seven. I had predicted the Eagles to win by three, three scores. Um, I just wasn't expecting it to be over early as it was. It just, they just jumped out. And before you know it, they they were down three scores. I I think you and I texted back and, um, I'm, I'm a member of a media site that we predict games every week. And I predicted, um, 37 to 17, Mm. And uh, but it just jumped out early. A lot of people thought it'd be close, but the Giants did not play well. The, the Eagles' defense, um, which by the way they are ranked number one as far as passing defense, they are ranked number sixteen as far as rushing defense. So when they took away Saquon Barkley, and when they took away the short pass, it was just done early. And then the Giants. Giants just didn't play well at all. None. Yeah, no, no, yeah, they, they, they did not at all whatsoever. Couldn't get anything going offensively, and, um, and were never able to recover. Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature joining the show now for our Pro Football Scope, taking a look at all the NFL headlines and news going into uh, this week and weekend, and um, continuing our talk with the AFC and NFC title games. Uh, one final one to to dive into a little bit. That was the 49ers and Cowboys. That game was good as expected. Both defenses playing very, very well. In the end, though, uh, Dak Prescott not able to make enough plays. Tony Pollard going out, I, I think, actually hurt them quite a bit. And then you get to that last play of the game, Barry, where I have no idea how that play was drawn up, how it was inserted into the playbook. But whoever did, whether it be Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, I don't know who it was, they they should have some of their credibility knocked a little bit because that, that was a horrific play call to 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 try to at least get the ball to be able to lateral it. I mean, that, that didn't even happen. And then Dalton Schultz, the play before, couldn't even get both of his feet down, lacked the presence of mind to do that. It was a pretty disastrous ending for the Cowboys in that one. 
I think the the play that probably hurt them more was the Dalton uh, Schultz completion to where he didn't have his head turned around. So when Mm. he was shoved out of bounds, um, the clock still runs. You have to make a forward move going up the field before you're uh, shoved out or step out where the clock will stop and they needed the clock to stop it. That cost eventually that cost them a timeout. So at the end of the game, they were way back in the North 40 and had no choice but to come up with uh, some sort of uh, play that they had. I, I dissected that play. I went frame by frame. It was definitely a multiple hook and lateral type situation, but the initial problem that started was the Ewok, uh, Zeke Elliott, mm-hmm. when he snapped the ball and he ended up being bulldozed, <laughs> yeah. that forced Dak Prescott to throw the ball a lot quicker than he wanted to. And then the safety read it well and just nailed the reception. But there was a, a, a an undersized receiver coming, uh, doing on a drag route that was going to get the lateral. And then the way they had it was they had two offensive linemen on each side with a small guy receiver behind them. So they were just going to go back and forth, back and forth, and and wedge it kind of towards the middle. I'd like to see it happen successfully. I'd like to see what happened in practice. But the way it it happened – and, you know, getting back to the Cowboys, it seems like every year (laughs) they are predicted to either go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. And then every year they either don't make the playoffs at 8-8 or they have some kind of – wacky play at the end to where we scratch our head and say what was that yeah it it, it is the definition of the, of the dallas cowboys and and i cowboys fans have got to be sick to, to to their stomach it's not enough though to to get rid of mike mccarthy obviously and, and nobody's calling for that necessarily but we do look at dak prescott who is paid as one of the highest uh, paid quarterbacks in the nfl and we think to ourselves maybe he really uh, is is overpaid by the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, do you get an inkling that, I, I don't know what they can do about it, but is there anything looking forward for the teams that lost? The Bills, the Jaguars, who and the Jaguars and the Giants, in my mind, have nothing for this season but to smile at and be very happy for what they were last year to be where they're at now, and that's why Brian Dable and, and Doug Peterson are in the running for Coach of the Year. But looking at the Bills and the Cowboys, I mean, what's the mindset, do you think, going into this offseason for them? Well, the, the Bills, I think the Bills are hurting uh, tremendously. They they just were not expected to be spanked like that. They just absolutely weren't. Uh, they were riding the DeMar Hamlin train, and they thought that that was their lucky charm, and, and it worked. And, but they have a great offense. They, you know, same thing with the Giants. Neither team showed up that day. Both teams got behind early, and they didn't have anything going offensively. It was a while before both teams – even cross the 50-yard line, and both yeah. of them have very potent offenses. I mean, I can't imagine Saquon Barkley not having the yardage that he did. But as far as the Cowboys go, they got good news today. Their team MVP is not leaving next year, and what I'm talking about is the defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. He had lots of interviews. He had opportunities to be another head coach, and for the second straight year, he has decided to pass up those potential head coaching jobs to remain as a Dallas Cowboys uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, he interviewed with Denver, he interviewed with Arizona, and he interviewed with Indianapolis in the past few weeks. And he, I guess he just felt like he had unfinished business in Dallas because 
the, the Cowboys are just lights out on defense. They're the number number five overall defense, and I think his complete focus is probably to help um, this team play for the championship next year. Yeah, and that probably is, as you said, going to be the expectation again for for both of these teams. Barry Shuck, join in the sports drive now of Dogs by Nature. Um, and before we get into the AFC and NFC title games and your prediction and, and looking at those, uh, one of those jobs that was open has been filled with Frank Wright going to the Carolina Panthers. And uh, I think it's, to me, when you look at the hire, it's not necessarily a a fantastic hire, I don't think you would say, because after all, the guy was fired as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. But what the Carolina Panthers are uh, and what Frank Reich did in Indy where he took, you know, he developed players and helped them get to being playoff contenders and wasn't quite able to elevate the team enough. I mean, do you think that's what he can do in Carolina and then maybe they go somewhere else? Or do you think Frank Reich can actually be that guy to not only help improve the team, uh, but but get them to where they'd like to be, which is back in the Super Bowl like they were a, a decade or so ago with Cam Newton? Yeah, I think everybody was kind of expecting that the interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, was just going to slide in as head coach. He was 6-6 six and six after Mac Rule was uh, fired uh, following a 1-4 and four start. Um, and I think Wilkes was the sentimental favorite of Carolina players to get the full-time job. It's, the difference, though, is an offensive-minded coach versus a defensive-minded coach. And Steve was a – a defensive-minded coach. I love defensive-minded coaches. Um, Reich is is a good offensive guy. He, um, I think, with the Colts, once Andrew Luck, uh, you know, unceremoniously retired, I I don't think the Colts ever got over that. So, you know, Frank Wright has his pulse on developing quarterbacks. Now, what is going to be the quarterback situation? Are they going to do Sam Darnold? Are they going to do P.J. Walker, who um, came out of the XFL? Are they going to do um, Matt Corral, their draft choice out of Ole Miss? They've got some big questions because Frank Wright's offense is scheme-related and it's tight end heavy, but it relies on a quarterback that's got a quick release that can go through his progressions. If you go – uh, through the first pro- progression and then run or throw it out of bounds. Mm. He's got to have a quarterback that can scan the field quickly, like Joe Burrow, like uh, Mahomes. Those quarterbacks look and they can go through three and four progressions before they take off or before they throw it out of bounds or before they try to get yardage. So that's going to be the big question for Frank Wright. And apparently uh, bet- between all three quarterbacks, he must like what he has seen uh, otherwise, what he's going to be faced with is drafting yet another quarterback. Yeah, and I, I was going to go there. I mean, with, with mock drafts coming out too, is that a situation that the Panthers look at? I mean, I mean, obviously, I think you have to consider it given their ninth in the draft, if you will. Uh, I, I don't know if they go quarterback or because, as you mentioned, I mean, they've got other guys on their roster. They just picked Matt Corral. Are you moving on from that quick? I think that's all of what you got to come up with. Um, if you're Frank Reich, uh, Barry Shuck joining the Dogs by Nature. Real quick, uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Do you do you think that is at all a possibility? I mean, do you think it's likely more than not? Um, that's a good question. I I really don't feel that that Rodgers will ever leave Green Bay. I mean, his Me money either. is yeah. guaranteed. 
his money's guaranteed. I don't I don't see what Green Bay would benefit from that, uh, unless you're just tired of him. But uh, I do know that you know that would be the only thing. But um, I think the big thing is is the situation where the Jets fired, uh, not fired, but hired Nathaniel Hackett uh, on today, uh, who is uh, really I think Rogers BFF. Um, they they have a long uh, history together, and so unless Aaron Rodgers just wanted to go to the Jets and play for his his friend. Um, I guess that would be the reason. Otherwise, why would Rodgers go? He's got an up-and-coming team. Yes, they didn't make the playoffs, but he's got two good young receivers. He's got a good running back. The defense is coming around. He's got an experienced kicker. Um, Unless he's just tired of of Green Bay or tired of the system there and he wants a new start, I just don't see see him leaving Green Bay, and I don't see uh, Green Bay pushing him out the door. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm, I think he's a Packer for life unless he's retired. That's just the way that I see it. Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature. Final thing for you, Barry. 49ers, Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs. Who do you have going to the Super Bowl? I think they're going to be both close games. If if I if I believe that it's going to be a, a three touchdown, a three score game, I will say that. But I think they're going to be very close. The Bengals own Kansas City. I'm sorry, Chiefs fans. They just own you. They they find ways and they stymie Mahomes, and they get they have a good pass rush, and that is what you have to do to Mahomes. Is you have to get him to where he can't go through his progressions. He has to go through the dink and, and short passes. Uh, Tyreek Hill is no longer there. Nobody has really taken his place. Um, I'm definitely going to pick the the Bengals to win by four. The Eagles 49ers, I have been a 49 I've, I've hopped on that 49er train ever since week six. Okay. I think that they are they are a great defense. They have the number two uh, rushing defense and the number one passing defense. So that means that Philadelphia is not going to be able to run on them, um, except for Jalen Hurts. Now, if I was the 49ers uh, defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan, I'd put a spy on Jalen Hurts. I'd make sure that he's not going to hurt you with the yeah. uh, the rush, but but you can pass on the forty, uh, you can pass on the Eagles. So I think that's what they're going to have to do to beat them. Yeah, I think that that you you, you bring up a good point, and I mentioned that uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or on Tuesday, but Fred Werner had that one play against C.D. Lamb where he covered him all the way up the field. I don't know if you put Fred Werner as a spy on him because he's able to, you know, he's got the pace to track down. Jalen Hurts if he does decide to move. I don't know if that's the best strategy or how you go with it, but there's something to to put with spying these guys. And, and not that, you know, Joe Burrow can't run. Not that Patrick Mahomes can't run, especially now he, he probably is not going to with the injury. Brock Purdy's not going to run very often either. But Jalen Hurts really is the last guy that's a mobile quarterback, more of a dual threat than anybody else. Interesting strategy, most yep. certainly. Um, I, I'm with you. I think Bengals and 49ers because the only reason why I say that is because I want the Bengals to play San Francisco in, in the Super Bowl again and be able to actually beat them this time to to avenge their losses in 1981 and 1988. I would love nothing more than for the Bengals to beat um, the 49ers, and I think that's the way things are going to go. And I, I do think both games are going to be close. I mean, in the end, and we've, I think, seen this. The, these were the four best teams, I would say, Barry, this season. I mean, I don't know if you disagree with that and, and throw the Bills in there or no, not. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I, I think Buffalo... 
would be screaming there. And the Cowboys had had a good case for it. Mm-hmm. They they just kind of fall apart. And the 1981 uh, uh, excuse me the Super Bowl, which the Bengals lost 20 to 16, that was the John Candy game. Do you know the story behind that? Uh, I don't think I know John Candy. All I know is the. All I know is that Joe Montana went right down the field and won the game after Boomer Esiason was told to tell the cameras, we're, we're going to Disney World. <laughs> so the, the, they were losing by three, and uh, the 49ers got the ball in Joe, uh, Joe Montana, and they started like on their own six or seven or something, and they had less than two minutes to go. As he got to about midfield, everybody was all stressed out. Joe Montana stopped, and it was played at the Rose Bowl. He turned to the sideline and said, is that actor John Candy in the stands? And everybody stopped in the huddle and turned and looked. And what it did is it took all the stress out of the huddle, and they marched down the field, and it was a touchdown pass to John uh, Taylor. And that was, I believe, the first of uh, their, their their string of Super Bowls. Mm. But that was called the John Candy Super Bowl. I did not know that. And, and now we know Joe Montana, a guy that Joe Burrow actually has been compared to. Um, I, 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 yeah. I want to I ask you that too, by the way, real quick. Would you say Joe Burrow right. is more like uh, Tom Brady, like a lot of these comparisons? To me, if I had to pick somebody, I would say he's more, in terms of modern quarterbacks, he's a lot more like Peyton Manning than Tom Brady, in my opinion. I don't know if you have a perfect uh, comp for Joe Burrow, but Joe is himself as well. I mean, he's cool, calm, and collected. He's also got, you know, some... Some some confidence and swag, if you will. But to me, he's more like Peyton Manning than, than than any other quarterback that I've watched. Yeah, on the sidelines, he's pretty he's pretty animated. But on the field, he's cool, calm, and collective. I I think Peyton Manning is a good assessment right there. But I also believe that he's not Peyton Manning two point one. I think he's Joe Burrow one point zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I one hundred percent agree because when people make these comps, I I I tend to stray away from it because I don't. They are they are their own person, and if you want to compare, if I had to, I would say Peyton Manning. But I agree with you. I mean, he is Joe Burrow. Like Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's not Michael Vick, or you know, Jalen Hurts is not Michael Vick. Like they are their own person because they're all different in the way that they play. Of course, uh, Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature is joining the show. Uh, Barry, a pleasure as always. Do you have an idiom uh, for us? I do. I'm going to tell you where the the term clothesline came from. Um, in football, when a runner is trying to come up the field and a defender sticks his arm out and hits him in the head or in the neck area with such force that it, it decletes the player, that's called a clothesline, a clothesline tackle. Uh, it's perfectly legal. You're trying to knock the player down. Uh, this was attributed to Ed Simmons of the Chicago Bears in 1946. Now Simmons was a bit uh, undersized at six foot one, so he had to discover other methods in which to bring runners down, and so he invented the clothesline as as a, enough force to, to knock players off the ground. Now Sprinkle was once voted as the meanest man in pro football and was considered a, a dirty player. Now Y. E. Tittle, uh, the quarterback of the 49ers and the Giants, once commented. Quarterbacks would look with one eye for receivers and keep the other eye on Sprinkle. Wow. They, they, had, they had to keep their head on a swivel with him running around. Holy cow. That is nuts. Uh, Barry, yeah. uh, appreciate the time as always. Hopefully your projection, your, your pick is right along with mine, and we see the Bengals in the Super Bowl. I uh, I, I cannot imagine that happening again. And I've, 
I, I'm willing to say this right now that if I if the Bengals oh, win okay. the Super Bowl, I will be calling off work on Monday. I'll say that I can't go, and I will be driving. Well, whenever whenever the parade is, if it's Wednesday, <clears throat> I'll be calling off on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I will be going to Cincinnati. I'm going to do my my darndest to make sure that I get there because I want to be a part of it. It's going to be a madhouse in Cincinnati, and I think that would be so much fun. Um, but we'll yeah, have to see. Of course, we got to get through this week. So. Um, Barry, appreciate the time yeah. as always. You have a good one. Enjoy watching the games on uh, Sunday. All right.